Welcome to episode 311 of Canada's Pinball Podcast, the only pinball podcast with a midnight madness mode. Hey, I got someone to send me a review of the Munsters. Let's air it for you right now. Hey, Chris. Cam here in Tacoma, Washington. I've had the chance to play a brand new Munsters about 20 times at my local barcade. Here's what I really like about it. And here's what I don't like about it. The skill shot is just like Guardians, only somehow even more boring. The same two ramps as Guardians. Uninspiring bash toy. The right out lane is a complete bear. There is just nothing that jumps out as new and exciting to me for a Stern standard size pin. And I like Stern games. So what's an example of a recent Stern that stands out as new and exciting? Iron Maiden. Love that game. Hate the theme. Yes, look, the art by Franchi on Munsters is stunning. But I watched Munsters growing up and always felt that I wasn't really sure why I was actually watching it because it wasn't that funny. I have the same feeling playing the pin. It's decent fun for a few games, but then it's just familiar and I move on to another game. Also, the classic music from the show is fine for a little while, but then I can't stand to keep listening to it. I'd actually rather go subject myself to more Maiden. Hey, I'm still looking to get my first pin or two for my house. While there are a lot of machines I like to play a few times in a session at the barcade, there's just about nothing that I can find myself playing over and over again at home. I'm interested to see what else comes out this year. If nothing else grabs me, I can actually see myself taking your suggestion to get a Batman Premium as I like the theme and it's fun to play. I especially like that moving crane. It adds a dynamic dimension to the shots as the game is played. Hey, uh, nice job on the cast, even during the slow news cycle. I like your smart, well-researched, straight up, no filter, no holds bar opinions. That's why I listen. Cam out. All right, Cam. Well, thank you for the review on the Munsters. You know, I, I actually don't play these until I record my show, so I'm listening to it for the first time as you are. Uh, so I didn't know if he liked or didn't like the Munsters. So uh, interesting, not seeing that much originality. I, I actually was laughing as Cam was describing the Munsters as a theme because I also remember when I was a kid sitting down and watching the show and enjoying the quirkiness of it, but also not really finding it that funny. It was just more of like a strange spectacle kind of show. Uh, and I did prefer Batman, uh, the Adam West Batman show, much more than I did the Munsters. So what what does this mean? So Cam, here's my thing. Here's my take. I'm glad that you played the game in a barcade environment, played it 20 times, and realized it's not the game for you. Uh, in terms of a game that you should own because you're in the market for one, I do think Batman is great, but I would wait. I would just wait to see what the next six to eight months uh, bring out in the pinball world. And the reason I would wait is Batman's not going anywhere. You're going to be able to find a Batman premium uh, new inbox for a long time. Distributors have them. I know there's rumors Stern is going to stop making Batman any day now. I don't. I don't buy that. I, I think they're going to make it. Uh, now that the code is really good, I do think you're going to start to see Batman be put on the list, the short list of great games that Stern makes that are worth owning. Um, so I would wait. But 
how can you not just wait to see what Deep Root, what Jersey Jack has coming out, and if there's any other mystery pins that might be coming out as well. Uh, but thank you for that review. Um, for those of you out there who listen to the show, if you ever want to send me an audio file like that, I will play it. I think it's great to hear from the people who enjoy this podcast. So what I want to talk about on this episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast, so there just seems to be a lot of speculation happening in the world of Jersey Jack. And I want to start there because as we're moving closer to TPF, I, I think the rumor mill and, and the speculation mill is running on overdrive when it comes to Jersey Jack pinball. Now, Jack's been doing some interviews and more information is coming to light that I want to discuss on this episode. And one of them that's really interesting that I'm not sure I believe, and I want to know what you guys think. Do you think this rumor is true? And I think Jack might have said this. I don't know. I don't think I've seen him specifically say this. The thing with Jack is this, though. He talks a lot and he runs his mouth to distributors and to other people. So that's where I think these rumors come from. The rumor is this, that Pirates of the Caribbean production will stop in March. That that is it. They're going to make the final run of that game in March. And it's sort of like, buy it now or they're not going to make it ever again in the future. Now, I want to ask you, the listener. I know we can't talk in real time, but do you think that's true? When I heard that, and I, and I, and I was just kind of like, that sounds really sort of like a sales tactic. We're not going to make any more of these buy it now while they last. And if you look at who's talking a lot about this, it's his distributors are saying, Hey, we're hearing that March is it. By the way, I've got, you know, five LEs and two collector's editions. If you want it, get them now because they're going to be gone for good. And and this sort of like Pirates of the Caribbean is closing out production, so grab it now. I don't buy it. I think it's a little bit of a sleazy sales tactic if you ask me. I'm not I'm, again, I there, there hasn't been confirmation on this, so it's not also not fair for me to call them doing something sleazy that's not confirmed, but if it does come to a halt in March, that is interesting. Uh, it definitely clears up the line for the next game, which, by the way, the next game that will go on the line at Jersey Jack Pinball is no other than Wizard of Oz. They are doing a rerun of the Wizard of Oz, a yellow brick road edition. 250 of them will be made. And it's really strange, the communication around this. So it hasn't, again, been official. But I hear them, they're taking out problematic parts of the game and replacing them with more, uh, I don't know, problem-free th mechanisms. But it sounds like it's going to be another limited edition. I don't think this is going to be like Wizard of Oz Pro model for cheaper. I, I think Jack is going to maybe make this a $12,500 collector's edition Wizard of Oz, which would make it the third limited sort of version of the game. We have the Emerald City, then 1500 Ruby Red editions, and now 250 Yellow Brick Road editions, for a and plus all the standard editions. So we all know Waz is the best-selling game that Jack has ever made, over 4,000 units sold. And so that is most likely going to be what we see at TPF from Jersey Jack Pinball. And then I'm hearing that Willy Wonka will be next. It will be a Pat Lawler game, and it will be a standard body game, and it will come out sometime in 
early summer. So that is where we're at. Nothing is confirmed. Nothing is official. That is what the rumor mill is saying. I think people are sort of sad that that Pat Lawler is not doing Toy Story. Yeah, I, I've said it before. I think people want Pat Lawler to do every game. Uh, I, I, Pat Lawler is Pat Lawler. He is, he is one of the greatest pinball designers of all time. If you're Jack and you have him making games, why, why not have him make uh, all your titles or design them at least? I'm sure he's working with Eric, though. This isn't like Eric's designing a game in a vacuum, but that does mean that Eric is most likely designing uh, Toy Story. I wouldn't be surprised if something else happens. I would not be surprised if they flip it on all of us. I would not be surprised if it's actually Toy Story that's next, if Toy Story is a Pat Lawler design, if Toy Story is a standard body game. I would not be surprised for a moment. I think they understand the rumors. I think they understand the speculation. I do think that it is going to be, man, it's hard because I I do think Toy Story should be next because the movies are coming out in June. I think it makes total sense for that to happen, uh, but who knows? Who knows? We're going to go back and forth with this one for a long time, uh, but do you think Pirates is done? Like, this is it? This is like, this game, they're just conceding that this game just did not take off? After all that hype from Expo 2017, uh, if Pirates is now done, uh, I would assume that they have not even made 1,000 of them. Do you think they made every single LE and every single collector's edition? So there were 1,000 LEs and 250 collector's editions. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Pinball at gmail.com. All right, so I want to read some of uh, your emails, and then I'll go back into some more news that I think there might be. So uh, I got this. This was a, a subject said, it's the gift that keeps on giving. So uh, Mike from Homepin uh, has been permanently banned from the Aussie Arcade Forum. I want to read what the administrator of that forum writes. He writes, just to make people aware that Homepin has made threats against me and the site via email over the Thunderbirds Gumtree thread, which I've deleted. I'm putting this up to make it clear that all home pin discussion on Aussie Arcade is banned permanently. It's not worth the hassle or stress. Okay, so maybe that's not Mike being banned from Aussie Arcade form. Even worse, any discussion of his game is now banned by Aussie Arcade Forum. Wow, someone out there is actually more polarizing and controversial than me. Maybe you know, Mike could give me a run for the money in terms of being banned from the most forums out there. Right now, I am currently banned from Pinside. I just recently got banned from the Toyota Supra forum for making fun of the fact that it's a BMW. I've been banned from the Dodge Demon forum. Uh, I've been banned from the Honda Civic Type R forum. Uh, you know what the form that I love the most is the Ford SVT form. They don't ban me. They actually enjoy me being there and being my presence. So, uh, <laughs> I'm also banned from Clav. The list goes on and on and on, but I'm not that much of a bad guy. You know, I'm kind of like Wreck-It Ralph. I, I go into these forums and I just sort of wreck it up a little bit. All right. So let's talk more about stuff that you guys have sent me. I've got this 
email from it says original theme is a subject it's from the gmail account dick balls whatever that and it says um would an original theme pinball game based on the history of pinball work from the sharp stash skill shot to the denisi drop the base wizard mode you got the dwight sullivan unfinished multi-ball the tim sexton three balls in the pants and one drink in the face pop bumpers the jersey jack premature upkick the sheets hit fan multi-ball um there's tons of material uh for sure you'd got to have a hydrofoil in the attract mode a really stupid pinball machine about pinball would be fun i love your podcast stiff upper lip yours truly dick balls well dick balls thank you for uh that email um i i I get what you're saying is there's so much ridiculousness that happens in this hobby whether it's the drama whether it's the fighting on pin side, like you could have a where's Odin, like mystery scoop. There's so much stuff that only us pinball geeks know. I don't think you could commercially sell such a machine, but I think it would be fun to make a one-off machine. I would make it like a pin side machine and just have all the different ridiculous threads from the history of pin side be different modes in the game. And 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 that that could be pretty interesting. I think that'd be pretty fun. You could have like call out from your favorite pin siders. Um, all right, let's keep going on. So uh, I got an email from, uh, let, let's see, this is from Tim Leonard regarding your master. He says, hey, Chris, I always figured that you wrote the material your master supposedly sent to you. But after your recent episode in which you read his latest message to you, I now believe that he not only is a separate person, but that I also know his real name, Donnie Downer. My God. What a seemingly never-ending, infuriating diatribe that was. So many negative opinions were stated as if they are factual that it's hard to pick where to start with a rebuttal. So I'll simply address a couple of points. Just because your master hates Houdini, along with you apparently, that doesn't make it a terrible game nor mean that American Pinball doesn't care about their games as he also contends. There are plenty of pinheads, including me, that have many years of experience in the hobby who value a wide variety of quality games and enjoy playing Houdini immensely. Unlike your master and you, we appreciate its fantastic theme integration and understand that its uniquely quirky animations contribute to the early 20th century theatrical magic vibe that it exudes so well. Well, Tim, let me stop you there. I mean, yeah, I mean, I do think Josh Kugler's animations look like they come from the early 20th century, but I don't think that's by choice. Uh, He then goes on to say, additionally, no pinball game is perfect nor liked by everyone. And Houdini is certainly no exception. But to dismiss the truly creative effort that American Pinball has put into this game, not to mention the outstanding game support that they provide on Pinside as well via email and phone, is doing a great disservice to them. As, long, as a longtime fan and avid supporter of your podcast, I think you can easily find a better master as this one comes off more like a misguided D-level pupil. Think positive and keep up the genuine, informative, and entertaining episodes. Sincerely, Tim Leonard, a.k.a. Tuna Delight on Pinside. So, um, for those of you out there 
Uh, Tim is a big fan of Houdini, and I, I appreciate that. I respect if you like a game. So I listened to what he said, and I wanted to give uh, Davil, Josh, Nermal a chance to come on the show and talk about Oktoberfest and American Pinball. And I've been asking them to come on the show for months. And Nermal was supposed to come on the show, and then he just ghosted me out of nowhere. So I want to tell you something that I wrote to them. So I reached out to them because I do think avoiding Canada's Pinball Podcast is, is not the wisest thing to do for any manufacturer where you need to get sales going. And this show, I think, has been fair on our critique of different elements of American pinball games. Uh, I've not said that Oktoberfest doesn't shoot well. The issues I've had with it are the same issues most of you have had, which are the art and the animations and the theme. And so that being said, though, the best thing to happen to American pinball would be for them to come on the show and tell you why you should buy it. And, and I give every manufacturer the floor to do that. And so here's what I wrote uh, to them. I said, gentlemen, and this went, to, uh, this went to Josh and to Normal. And this was two days ago. I said, gentlemen, I'll extend the offer again to come on the show and sell me and my listeners on Oktoberfest. Josh, you've been on before and you know that all my shows with guests are respectful and a great form for anyone to sell my audience on the game. I'll just say this. My show consists of 1,500 to 2,000 listeners who are 100% pinball new in-box buyers. Your target at American Pinball. While I might not agree with the theme or some of the art decision, that's just my opinion. I would love to hear your rationale, reason, and passion behind this title. The offer is there, and believe me, it would only help not hurt. Cheers, Chris. And that is what I sent to American Pinball. I have not heard back, and I'm not sure if they will come on the show or not. And I think, I think what happens is this, and this is just something that I've noticed for a long time, is certain people out there in the pinball manufacturing world, uh, I think avoid the show for one reason. I think they don't want to legitimize the show. But here's, here's, here's how I want to do this. I want to zoom out a little bit and think about any industry you work in. If, if there are media outlets out there that are talking to your target on a consistent basis. So I talk to you consistently. For those of you who listen to this show, I hope you feel like even though we haven't met in person, some of us have, but for the, for most of us, we haven't. We have, you know, you, you, we haven't met on the street. We haven't had a beer. We haven't had a meal. We we haven't played pinball together. But I hope you feel like you know me. That by now, after listening to this show, we have a connection, and that connection happens because you know every week for a few hours, you let me into your head, and I'm glad that you do. And I think you understand where I'm coming from. And I think you listen to this show because part of you agrees with some of what I say. You, you will not agree with all of it. But we're all talking about the same thing. We're thinking about the same thing, pinball. And this show discusses on a regular basis the new machines coming out, 
whether or not we think they're good or not, whether or not we think they're marketed properly, whether or not we think they're worth owning. And it's hard to avoid that this show has to have some level of influence on the people who listen. And whether it's whether it's you know whether it's shaping your opinion about a game, whether it's making you uh, go in on a game, whether it's making you you know reconsider something, whether it's making you avoid something, this show I don't know how you could listen to someone give their opinions about these pinball machines and not have those opinions start to infiltrate some of what your thoughts are on the game. Now look, I think you're all very smart men. Hopefully some women listen and you're all capable of, of formulating your own opinions about the game. Uh, but when a company like American Pinball uh, is uh, in need of sales, to avoid a show like this that it gives them an opportunity to tell you in their own voice uh, why you should buy their game, I think that's a mistake. And in my industry, yeah, not all of my clients love every single media outlet that writes about them on a daily basis or a weekly basis, but they don't avoid it. You can't avoid, and, and, and here's, here's the crazy part. This is the number one pinball podcast, the n- number one get, that got voted. And, and maybe it's not the number one in listeners. Maybe the other listener bases are higher. I don't know. I'm, I know that I'm the only one, this is the only pinball podcast that transparently shows you how many listeners we get per episode nobody else does that and and so based upon the information that we all have this show gets the most pinball new inbox buyer listeners to tune in every week and so if you're josh and you're normal is it inconvenient that this show exists and i heard josh write on pinside i haven't really listened to canada in a while and my whole thing is well, maybe you should because every week we're talking about the new games coming out and yours is one of them. And to avoid listening to the show and what we're saying and the feedback we're giving, I think does a disservice to their ability to be successful. And, and, and I don't mean that in a harsh way, but I think the advice we give the manufacturers on this show is pretty spot on. And, and, and I don't, and I, and Again, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think I've ever given the free information that I give to all the manufacturers out there. I don't think I give it with malicious intent. I don't think I want to see these companies fail, uh, but it just always blows me away that time and time again, they just try to avoid it. Now, look, Stern doesn't need to come on the show because they, they just, they don't, it doesn't matter to them. Stern's not going to, they might lose a few sales here and there if I say the game is bad or whatnot, but doesn't, they don't care. Uh, they, they, they have this hobby locked down so tightly uh, that, you know, Lyman Sheets going on another podcast or, or Dwight doing a show, it, it doesn't matter. Your orders are in. Their LEDs are sold out. Uh, and, and look, you know, if, if the incident that happened with Tim is going to prevent stern people from ever coming on the show again, I don't think that's the case. I still have a good rapport with stern individuals over there. I mean, George Gomez responds to me on Facebook. I look everything that happened at that, you know, that tournament. It's bygone in, in, in terms, uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned. And I've apologized to everyone involved. Uh, and I would love to have stern people on the show every once in a while. But what I won't do is I won't hold back to get those interviews. And I think that's probably why American Pinball won't come on. Is if I've said something not positive about them, they they just they avoid it. 
And I know that some other podcasts were making fun of me for that. They're like, he, he's so negative about the other manufacturers, and then he complains that they won't come on the show. Let me, let me clarify this for a minute. This means nothing. To, it doesn't matter to me that they don't come on the show. Think about who it's hurting. Who, who is getting hurt by avoiding Canada's Pinball Podcast? Is it Canada? The show's going to keep on going. We're going to keep on being the number one pinball podcast that I think has the most influence in the hobby, and we're going to keep doing it. And, and, and so who's getting hurt? You know who's getting hurt? The boutique manufacturers who, continue, who continually avoid the show and don't want to come on and talk about their product. You know who's smart? Who, who, who's coming on the show? Who's going who's gonna to be where you hear what's going on at Deep Root first? You, I, you'll probably hear it here because Robert has been a great sort of ally in terms of communicating with me and talking to me. He's not shying away from this podcast. And, and go back and listen to what I said about Deep Root at the very beginning. I mean, I, I've been very skeptical and very cynical, but the, but the lines of communication have always been open between me and Deep Root. And I'm not shilling their company. If I was a shill for Deep Root, would you, would you listen? And we don't shill for anybody. But I'm just saying, I hope American Pinball reconsiders because I think it's in their best interest to do shows like this. So Josh, Nermal, if you're listening, anytime you want, we'll make it happen. All right. So I got an email from John Robison. He says, Pinball Collectability Thoughts. He says, hi, Chris. On a recent show, I heard you talking about Stern's zero commitment to the collector segment. As an owner, previous uh, as an owner, previous owner of ACDC Lucy, um, Big Bang Bar, Tron Ali, and Iron Man, I realize that nothing is safe or sacred. If there is demand and a buck to be made, Stern or Chicago Gaming Company will definitely do it. I do not view LEs as collectible. I do not purchase them so much anymore, um, or such anymore. Almost every hobby has those very rare, heavily sought-after items that add an exciting dynamic. In most cases, rarity of those games in our hobby has been destroyed. Next up, most likely, is Kingpin. I remember hearing Gary Stern specifically say that Iron Man would never be built again. A couple years later, the vault business model is invented. Next victim was ACDC Lucy. I got out of Big Bang Bar and Tron Ali a couple months ago before those games tank due to Remake and Vault. I'm happy for buyers who now have options for new classic Bally Williams titles, but it comes at a cost of nothing seems that special anymore. The thrill of the hunt is gone when I can call my distributor and order Medieval Madness, Attack from Mars, or Monster Bash. I enjoy the show and your commitment to frequency John. Well, John, thank you. And uh, I, I, I agree. I agree. There, there is nothing that seems safe to collect. There is nothing that seems like a holy grail that much anymore. And, and I think as collectors and as people who just love pinball, I do think it, it sucks that some of those sort of rare pinball experiences are going to just be like, made over and over and over again and and then we lose some of that specialness of those games like kingpin uh data east king kong and look a, a lot of those games they never were fully completed they were prototyped they never went into full production but there's something about going into you know the collector's home who has that rare game that you get a chance to play and it's it's just unique and unique experience. 
See, that's the thing that I've always harped on is when I thought Magic Girl would be that, it would be this like you had to stand in one spot on planet Earth to experience Magic Girl. There would only be 20 of them in the world, and unless you were in one of those 20 locations, you could not experience what it would be like to play Magic Girl. How many pinball games? To me, that's where like the, the specialness lies. There aren't that many out there. And when you get a chance to hop on one, it's an experience you remember just for its uniqueness, right? And it might not be the best pinball experience if you play like a Data East King Kong, but you'll remember where you were, you'll, you'll remember when you experienced it, and you'll remember what the experience was. And when we just keep making these games in the thousands, uh, no one's really having that unique experience. And I'll say this too, it doesn't take much sometimes to make it a little bit more unique. And so with Batman 66 Super LE, I do now have something unique in my game that only 80 other games have on the planet. Someone can come over and I can show you what it's like when Adam West personally calls out my name. And it's really cool. And I just wish whether it was the game or some unique things, some of that limited experience I think is important to maintain in this hobby. All right, I got an email from Nelson. It says, your master episode, he said, sucked. Dude, I know you've gotten criticism for the master's voice episodes, so you have to decide how to convey his opinions, but by not using the voice, the episode just fell so flat. I honestly wasn't sure I could finish the episode. You usually hold my attention, even if I'm not really enjoying an episode, but this was just the worst. Oh my God. All right, so I see, I, I can't win. I take the voice away, people get mad. I put the voice in, people get mad. He said the old voice was awesome, hilarious, and attention grabbing. All right, so maybe, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, maybe I'll go back. Maybe I'll just get rid of the, <laughs> get rid of the master altogether, Chris. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what I, what I do. Um, all right, I got an email. It said, paid rumors, are you kidding me? And this is from, uh, let's see, Canada. Seriously. Is that where we are in this hobby? What a freaking money grubber. It's just like certified collectible. He's trying to create a market for which they presently there presently is no demand. Uh, this is from Cooter. All right. So he's talking about this week in pinball. He posted this. This week in pinball is now asking for donations in which if you donate to Patreon, uh, they will give you rumors and they will let you in on more inside information in the hobby. Uh, and I'll read what, what he pasted here. He wrote, I've been asking, this is from Jeff at This Week in Pinball, who we're, we're friends of on this show. He said, I've been asking for donation support for a while now, but I find that most people won't give without getting something in return. That is why I set up the Twipperks a while back. Here is uh, the, the link to the Patreon page. All right, so like, here's what he writes. So basically... For $1 a month contribution, the twip perks are you help keep This Week in Pinball running and you automatically entry into the giveaway extravaganza. Okay, so here's what I think everyone should do. I, I mean, I think on some level, if you enjoy This Week in Pinball, and it does cost Jeff time and money to make it, I, I, I look, for 12 bucks a year, you can get all your pinball news in a concise way. You get pinball rumors. You get stuff that no other site is giving you. Isn't is that not worth 12 bucks a year? I mean, I think it is. I mean, I, I do. I, I just, I actually just donate it 
a lot more than that to Jeff. Just just to say thanks because I hadn't donated before. I felt like a hypocrite, and I was like, okay, you got you've been doing this. It's been a lot of hard work. Here you go. And one it was a one-time contribution. All right. So then, this weekend pinball contributor, which is five dollars a month, you you can keep it running. You, you're entered into the extravaganza, uh, and you get pro this weekend pinball swag once a year. All right. Now the ten dollars a month you get on top of all that, you get swag once a year. Swag uh, premium swag. Okay. So for twenty dollars a month, this is the part where I think this 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 person is is, is has issues with. So. You get weekly-ish correspondence sharing. So rumors and speculation that is not fit for this week in pinball, meaning we don't have enough confidence in, in those reports to report them on the website. It's probably like everything I say on this podcast is what he's talking about. You also get rumors, information, speculation on what we're hearing about possible upcoming titles. You get rumors, information, speculation on what we're hearing about certain licenses and challenges with those licenses. You get rumors, information, and speculation on what we're hearing about release schedules for different manufacturers. You get early access to some articles, interviews that will appear on This Week in Pinball. You get behind-the-scenes happenings in the pinball world and at TWIP. Now, for 100, the super limited edition, and I can't tell if all these are serious. I mean, I don't think really Jeff you know, expects someone to donate 1200 bucks a year, but for 50 bucks a month, uh, you get all of that. You get your own personalized Twippy trophy. Wait, that's not fair, Jeff. You can't, like, we work so hard to get that Twippy. You can't just buy a Twippy trophy for $100. Like, I can't go buy an Academy Award with my name on it. I, I have the biggest problem with that being on there. And again, I don't know if this is a joke or not. You also get... Here are the big things for 100 a month. You get um, doo, 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 occasional private emails sharing exclusive information about new upcoming games and exclusives before it is made public, plus other tidbits. We will ask you to keep this correspondence private. All right. So, Jeff, I love the site. I think you guys should donate to the site. I think it, it's a lot more time and energy and money than you realize it takes Jeff to do it. I wish Jeff would just come out and say that. Uh, as a marketer, I don't think you can sell people exclusive private information, which some of which might be under a non-disclosure agreement with some of these companies or just in good faith. That's why they talk to you, Jeff. They give you this information because they trust you uh, and you know they're trusting you not to sell it. The problem is in the pinball world, there is no trust. I mean, you tell someone an exclusive secret that you're asking them to keep private, we all know that's not going to happen. Then it's going to get out there. Then it's going to like hurt the company. Then it's going to hurt this week in pinballs, trust between them. You know, you know what I'm saying? It would just open up Pandora's box. And so I, I appreciate what Jeff is trying to do here. I think he's he's a little bit, you know, behind the eight ball because Again, it's just the time, energy, and money this site requires him to do, uh, and also do his day job, and also you know balance out his relationship. Not easy. And for those of you who think it's easy, it's not. And I'm here to tell you, it's not. Um, but I, I think we should just kind of eliminate some of these high price perks and just get back to uh, the truth of the of the of the story which is, you know, you might need X amount of money a year to, to make this viable and to make it work. And if we don't reach our goal, we might go away. 
And that's just the truth of, 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 of any uh, endeavor that requires time and money from people. Uh, the thing about this podcast is you're lucky. You're lucky that it doesn't cost me that much money. That being said, I'm happy for all of you who donate to my Patreon. There's not a ton of you. I think it's like 80 bucks a month. I don't even know if it's monthly. I think I get like one-time donations of five bucks here and there. Uh, I should sell t-shirts or something else to make it fun because I think you guys would love to advertise this show. I have some awesome t-shirt ideas in mind that I think you'll go crazy over. Um, but anyway, so that's, look, I mean, no, and also here's the thing. No one's forcing anyone to donate to any of this. Uh, so I, I do think some of that has to be in a little bit of jest that, that you know, you're not going to pay $100 a month and know what, like Willy Wonka's is next, you know, or here's what Magic Girl looks like at Deep Root. I, I don't think you can sort of sell that stuff and keep it secret. All right, let's go on. So video game themes, Jim writes, how about an episode on what video games would make a good pinball machine? I know you have touched on this times, many times, but could make a fun episode. All right. I'm not going to go down this long list. Uh, Jim, I will take that into consideration. Uh, I do think there's an ability to cross over into the theme of video games and and incorporate that into pinball. But why can't we just make great pinball games? Do we need great video games to inspire great pinball? I don't think so. I do not think so. All right. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I've seen in the last few days. So there was like also something interesting. There was a Deep Root Matt, someone over at Deep Root, chimed in about how great of a friend John Papaduke is and how great it is working with John. And he wasn't around during all of the Zidware fiasco. And look, I've talked to John Papaduke for hours. Some of you have as well. He... I, I, I think the man is a creative genius. I think he's the worst businessman on the planet. He needs a boss. He needs to be kept in line. There's a really sad photo that I have that I should I should share with you guys. I need to find it. Uh, it, it someone took it when they went over to Zidware to visit him to see what was going on with all their money and all their investment. And it's just a sad photo of John by himself sort of hunched over in the chair staring at a computer screen strewn all over the like his office space or play field sketches design artwork you know cabinets all these parts and boxes and he's just sort of just looking at something with this sort of dejected look on his face and you just get the sense that he was so in over his head now the problem with j-pop that no one should forget is when he was in over his head he didn't come out and ask for help. He didn't go get the right people to, you know, to solve the problem. He lied to people and said he was able to make games two and three. And he knowingly did that. He knowingly knew he could not deliver game one. And he knowingly took money on game two and three. He also, as Tiger Law pointed out, he then went to counter sue his own buyers, go after them. And he sort of... I think what he needs to do, and he's never really done it, he's never come out and said, I'm sorry, this was 100% my fault. I, I'm to blame for everything. I have nothing else to say other than I'm going to spend the rest of my days in this hobby trying to correct that wrong. And I finally found a partner that would hopefully put me on that road. And I don't, I will not, you will not see me at shows with the mic. You will not see me taking credit. 
You will not see me talking about my vision. I will be in the shadows trying to correct the wrongs I created. And we haven't really seen that side of him. And we haven't seen him apologize. And I think that is the part that all new Deep Root members need to realize is you can't just, you don't just get universally forgiven. You have to understand the full context of what people have been through. But I do believe in forgiveness and I do believe in second chances and I do believe in redemption and I do believe that everyone has the ability to change and become better and to become more self-aware of what we're good at, what we're weak at and where we where we need help. I, I mean, I guess the word for that is empathy and we all should have some of it. Uh, but you don't deserve it until you say you're sorry and you need help. And I think John just needs to do that. And I think people will move on. And I think it would actually lift a lot of weight off of people's shoulders that are out there. It doesn't erase the pain of the money people lost and the faith they lost in him. Uh, but it starts to get us on that that road to redemption. And it, Okay. All right. Anything else going on? There's a really cool unboxing video of an old Data East uh, Jurassic Park that you have to go watch if you haven't watched that already. Uh, and that's it. Saturday morning, I'm going to go watch the dogs at the Westminster Dog Show. Today's the best day. It's the meet and greet with the dogs themselves. I hope there is an amazing bulldog there that I can just be like, who's a good boy? Who's a good boy? Who's a good boy? Okay, everyone, have a great Saturday. We'll talk to you soon. Enjoy your pinball machines, and we'll be back with more episodes of Canada's Pinball Podcast next week. See you later. Can you